1: You are listening to The Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Karis Bradley. Alright, uh, welcome to The Coming Out Tapes. Today, I am aided by the very competent Anna Pazyski, who has come to sound Tech. We have made our way to some idyllic, imaginary place we're next to a canal there's a garden it's beautiful um to interview uh kit redstone so thank you so much for coming onto the podcast
2: Um, my pleasure
1: um would you like to introduce yourself for the listeners
2: uh yeah so uh i'm kit um i am a transgender man theater maker um and i've just moved to the countryside
1: excellent um and uh when did you first realise that you were a trans man?
2: Um, so I think... I I mean, I I thought I was a boy up until the age of, like, three or something when I started to realise that there was a difference between genders. or um, And I was really kind of shocked and didn't quite understand um, what was going on and why I was being called a girl, which is quite strange because, obviously... You learn, you know, you you learn about gender um, to, you know, obviously lots of us think that gender is a social construct. So you obviously learn from gender from the people around you. So I'm not, I I don't remember that far back and I can't understand, I can't remember what sort of um, specific, I don't know what specific things that I thought when I was like two years old were male or female. But I do know that I believed I was a boy, whatever being a boy meant to me.
1: And then you were told that you were a girl in a yeah. way that was conscious when you were th- three ish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you remember what that period of your life?
2: Um, I think I kind of thought that everybody was a bit stupid, you know, um, and didn't really understand. And I think very quickly I understood that I was, you know, in the body of a girl or, you know what I mean, I perceived as a girl, biologically read as female, but that that wasn't correct. You know, so I think from a very young age, there was an element of sort of humoring people around it.
1: Do you remember when you first encountered terms like cisgender and transgender?
2: I mean, I didn't know that the word cisgender existed until I was like in my late 20s. Um, So, you know, as I grew up, um, I guess I I was born in 1981 um, and, you know, was growing up as a teenager in the 90s and that that language didn't exist transgender existed but the i didn't know any transgender people and the only the only sort of um i guess the only times that i ever saw a transgender person was was on was in cinema and I think the first transgender person that I saw on screen was a really negative representation of uh, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs Um, and so for me it was something to be ashamed of something to be feared something creepy and freakish Um, and it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that that was utter bullshit Um, you know Um, so it was always something that I hid from people and you know and and actually like I my story is kind of you know it's definitely not a sob story Uh, like before I transitioned I was a very androgynous I guess girl and people were never sure if I was a girl or a boy they had no idea you know so it was kind of 50 50 uh, actually more erring on the side of being a boy um so my experience of the world was kind of I don't know. Like I, I don't feel that I ever experienced really being a woman in in it, whatever that even means <laughs> in the, in the traditional sense of being a woman.
1: And um, you said that uh, there was that period where you sort of felt like you were humouring people. Yeah. Do you remember when you stopped humouring people, and was that like a conscious decision?
2: Um, I had before I transitioned, so in my mid twenties. I came out as trans to my friends and family. Um, and sorry, I've completely forgotten the question. It was... I know I'm answering it, but...
1: I <laughs> when when did you stop humoring people? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so I came out as trans then. So I guess at that point I said, look, this is how I feel, this is what I, wa- I want to do. Um, my mum was very upset about it. She wasn't angry or anything. She was just very upset um, and I can hardly remember this, but I think for a brief time I was binding and, uh, for those of you who don't know, like binding my breasts, um, and I was um, using the men's toilets and stuff and asking people to call, call me um, to use male pronouns, and then I think I got scared of taking it any further and sort of just receded back into kind of being you know sort of androgynous and allowing people to call me whatever they wanted uh for a long time and tried to make my peace with that um so do you see what i mean it had it kind of fluctuated and then eventually in my late 30s or no not late 30 mid 30s i um i just i was getting older and i was looking into the future and i was seeing i guess to me it didn't make any sense like growing up as a woman just felt abhorrent to me for whatever reason like it just didn't feel right like the idea that I would start a family and be a mother even if that was with another woman um it just I just couldn't you know I mean it just felt so so inauthentic to what I felt um and and then I made the decision to kind of really go for it and properly transition you know like medically and 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 to come out and change my name on documents and, uh, and everything.
1: In terms of this, like, fluctuating um, journey, do you think that was driven by something internal or do you think that there are, like, external stimulus to how your relationship with that process changed?
2: Um, I think it was both, you know? So it was, it was my reading of external stuff, you know? And, I mean, it was the way that I saw stuff, the way that... You know, it was also me kind of, um, I guess, internalising transphobic ideas as well, you know, that I heard or saw or or just knew about, you know. Um, and a lot of it was not wanting to be a victim. I, I felt that, you know, the, the trans people that I'd seen represented um, were, were, you know what I mean, were, were stories of victimhood and loneliness and difficulty. And, you know, and then I think that, uh, you know, after my after seeing sort of awful representations of trans people in films like um, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, which I mentioned earlier, and um, Dude, Where's My Car? Um, I I saw Boys Don't Cry with my aunt. Um, and this was before she knew that I was trans or she knew that I'd come out, you know, a bit and then decided not to pursue it so i felt very uncomfortable watching it because it felt in some ways obviously very close to home but then again it was a story of you know it's i think it's an amazing film really powerful story that needed to be told but it's a story of you know of 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 someone you know very much being a victim and 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 suffering greatly and you know like you know being murdered um which didn't encourage me to embrace this, you know, this path, um, you know, with much enthusiasm, I guess. Um, Were there
1: any, like, positive influences, like external influences?
2: Trans people, I didn't really know any, you know. I didn't... I wasn't, you know... I I think until I was much older, I I didn't know any trans people. And... um, no I don't think so I mean maybe I can't remember the name of it there was a a film with uh, there's a a film with loads and loads of queer people in it that's very kind of celebratory from like the 90s is it Australian? no no what Pris- Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. That's the only only no. one I've got. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a good yeah. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. That's a, <laughs> we'll that's a that that good comparator. There. That's not the one I'm thinking of, but uh, yes. What other one no, might
1: go, it be? Do you uh, remember anything? Is
2: it called Short Bus oh. or something? Anyway, know I don't either. remember enough about it to talk about it, so I don't even know why I brought it up. But hey, we will just
1: present that it was. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: So who did you first come out to?
2: Um, I guess the first time round, which I don't remember very well, I came out to my mum and my closest friends. Um, And the second time I came out, when I came out, you know, and I was telling everyone, look, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to start taking hormones, all of that stuff. Um, I came out first to my my girlfriend at the time, um, which was relatively easy. Um, and then to my mum, and it was the second time she'd heard it. So by this time she was kind of prepared and she, she just said, I want you to be happy. And I, I'd say it went really well. Um, and then I just wrote a massive post, um, and put it on Facebook and, you know, I'm Facebook friends with lots of people I barely even know, you know, some people I haven't even met. Um, and you know, it, it, it was great. I mean, you get obviously get like a lovely influx of supportive messages, um and yeah and I oh before that point I wrote a message to my closest friends a sort of group message but I did it in that way where I posted it on Facebook because I just didn't want to have thousands of conversations over and over again explaining the same thing you know I just thought no that's going to be a nightmare <laughs> really taxing so just you know get it out there
1: do you, is there was there a difference in the first time that you came out and the second time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was older and surer, you know, and more comfortable with knowing that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I guess the people around me by the second time were like, yeah, and you know, <laughs> like you know, clearly this was gonna happen. I'm glad you're doing it now, you know. Um, so I take the biggest difference apart from in my mother was just in me where, you know, there was no doubts anymore. I was like 100% positive. And I didn't really care what the, I, I guess I didn't, you know, I think I was worried about it changing me physically in ways that I didn't like or wasn't comfortable with. And I think I reached a point the second time around where I didn't care about that at all.
1: Do you think that you said the same thing when you came out both times?
2: Um... Yeah, I think it was pretty much Yeah, I mean it's it's quite easy. It was like I I don't identify as a woman, I identify as a man and I've got to do something about it, you know. Um it's yeah. So I think it was I think it was pretty much the same.
1: Um and where in your life are you out?
2: Um well, I mean I'm a very public with my transness. Um I mean I, I did a show about um, a show about masculinity um, from a transgender man's perspective, so if you google my name, it just uh, there are like fifty articles that say transgender man Kit Redstone so you know whether I like it or not I'm out to the world um, The only times that I don 't tell people and it makes me sad when this happens is and I don't know if it's me judging them more than I think they would be judging me uh, but for instance, I travel a lot. And I was in India with my wife um, about six months ago and we were staying in this um, this incredible Airbnb place run by this Afghani princess and um, and a Rajput um, sort of. Aristocratic Indian man, and they were very, they were amazing. They were really eccentric, but they were very traditional as well. Um, And you know, like we were taken for tea with the royal family of Jodhpur, and we had this insane time. And me and the man got on particularly well, and he would call me brother and hug me a lot. And a lot of the times that we were with them, I had this feeling that if I told them I was trans there would be this massive divide between us and that they would feel cheated or they would feel that, you know, there was... A, but that's just my perspective and maybe I should have given them a chance, but I think I just didn't want to risk it because we were kind of staying in their house and I didn't want it to be awkward. And it's times like that that I don't tell people. Um, I haven't told my neighbours um, as well, um, just because, again, that's me. I might be wrong, but I, my direct neighbours are a little bit... They seem a little bit right-wing. You know, they're very nice, but they do seem a bit right wing. And I, I'm i assuming that they wouldn't be on board with it or that they would think of me differently.
1: And um, when you say that it's sort of like, it's that kind of situation, is that like the staying in someone else's house or like living close to someone? Is that what you mean by the?
2: No, I mean, I guess I mean when I think someone is from a world where that might not be something that they would know about or understand, you know. So I was making that assumption, but I might be wrong, you know. Um, And you never know, you know. Um, But generally, I tell people, if I become close to anyone, I would tell them. Like, I've never hidden it. I mean, you know, it's just that there are certain circumstances where if it doesn't come up, I don't see the need to talk about it.
1: Has it ever happened where like someone has approached you because they have read something like before you've had that conversation?
2: No. The only time anyone's ever approached me or or asked me was before I transitioned medically. So people were, just had no idea if I was a girl or a boy. Um, and, you know, it was there were ways in which it was great. You know, it gave me a kind of freedom and a liberation. And it meant that sometimes people were intrigued by that. Um but it also, there was a lot of negative stuff where like, I I definitely, I've got into situations where men were really violent or, you know, sort of, you know, saying really unpleasant things. Um, so yeah, so that, it was only before then, but since transitioning, like I'd say within about six months of, of taking hormones, there was no, no one seemed to question my gender at all.
1: So do you have any like particularly memorable coming out stories
2: um y- the well yeah the only the only one that I remember as being kind of <coughs> um sticking out in my mind, and I think this is because it's the exception um
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: It was when I just started, well, I was a few months or whatever, six months into transition. I went to a friend's wedding. Um, and obviously, like any wedding, there are lots of people there you don't know who know nothing about you. Um, and uh, me and my wife went and we made friends with this couple who are a few years older than us, maybe in their mid-40s, early 40s. And they, they were lovely. She was like a, a human rights lawyer. And um, uh, I can't remember what he did. I think he worked in in the arts, did something. Um, and they were really funny and lovely, and we got on really, really well. And then the talk turned to um, uh, it turned to to feminism, and we were talking about feminism. And obviously, she was really, you know, she was a real feminist, and you know, all of you know, really kind of right on. Um, and I thought a really kind of open minded, liberal person. Um, and I said that I was making a play which which I thought was feminist, and I said, oh, it's a play about masculinity, and it's me and three other guys, um, and it's exploring what it means to be a man. And she said, why is that feminist? That's just four four guys talking about being men. That's, that's the last thing we need. And I said, yeah, but it, it, it comes from a slightly different perspective because I'm transgender. And she just completely stopped, like, looked utterly shocked, and then she she was like sorry uh, can i ask what you mean by that and i was like i'm transgender like and she goes but you just don't look like you want to be a woman and i was like no uh, i i'm female to male so i used to be a woman and now i'm transitioned. well, i was born in the body of a woman and i'm transitioned to be male and that's how i identify and at first she kind of looked like she didn't believe me because i think she'd never met a trans person before she thought that trans people had to look a certain way and then it kind of dawned on her and then from then on like they avoided us like for the whole rest of this wedding and it i i only mention it because that's i've experienced that once you know what i mean and i'm I'm, you know and for for I think a transgender experience, like a tiny you know just being being subtly ignored isn't is nothing you know what I mean it's absolutely nothing, but I remember it because it was the only time that anyone had ever reacted like that, you know, and so it made me almost regret having told them because we then could have carried on enjoying ourselves, and that you know it slightly kind of ruined ruined the rest, not ruined it, but it you know it was a slight sort of um. I don't know what the what the phrase is like the the fly and the ointment or whatever, um, and and it seemed to kind of ruin their night because I think they felt very awkward as well, so yeah, so that that's always the one that sticks out in my mind.
1: Do you think that that has informed your decision when you don't tell people?
2: Yeah, 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 because I think you know a lot of people when they know me and they don't know I'm trans make all sorts of assumptions that their kind of comfortable feeling and then when they know I'm trans it kind of throws them into confusion you know about about that and what that means and what you know um um, you know are they able to relate to me in the same way um so yeah so I think I think it does change the way people see you oh I also had a non-coming out story Amazing a story, story about not coming out.
1: First ever on the coming out Yeah, tapes. well,
2: you know, thanks. <laughs> um, where I, I'm trying to sell my boat and two a couple came to look at the boat and they were chatting to me and the guy was saying, I want to move on a boat because I can't stand living in London anymore. And I was like, oh yes, well me too. And he goes you know, you know how it is, mate, it's just full of trannies, it's full of transgender people, and this non-binary bullshit, he was like, I just can't handle it, I can't, I can't handle being told how I should, like, you know, like, respond to someone, or what pronoun I should call them, I didn't give a shit, and I was like, you know, and in that moment, what I should have done was said, I'm transgender, and what you just said is really offensive and stupid, Um, but I didn't, Because I wanted to sell my boat. So I just swallowed it. And I was like. "Um, Yeah. I know what you mean. But you know. It's not. uh, You know what I mean. I I don't know. That's not really my experience. You know. Just some bullshit like that. Um, So. And I felt really shit about that afterwards. I felt like a total coward. Um, And also very greedy. And avaricious.
1: Did you sell your boat?
2: No. So it was all for nothing.
1: You could have sold the boat to them and then been like,
2: Congratulations. Yeah, yeah but, they but they didn't want to buy the boat. Oh. So not only did I have to tolerate this, but you also didn't end up buying our houseboat. So, you know.
1: That's such a weird... I'm going to escape London and all of the people yeah. there. Yeah, I was like,
2: little do you know, here we are lurking in the countryside. Selling Like weasels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I understand why you didn't come out there, I think, more than in some of the... Like, I understand why you didn't... Maybe yeah. you haven't come out to your, your neighbours, but I understand more why you didn't come out to the people who...
2: No, I just couldn't be bothered, you know? It was like a 20-minute thing that, you know, it just wasn't going to be pretty for anyone, mm. you know? So, yeah. Wish he could listen to this podcast, though.
1: I don't think that he is my audience. <laughs> no,
2: it's a shame he should be. He'd learn a lot.
1: It's um, such a bold move.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But that's what happens when you, when you're red as a straight sort of, you know, cisgendered man. You just hear all kinds of bullshit. You know what I mean? I've I've had cab drivers like slowing down and pointing at a girl who's like knickers are slightly kind of you know showing from the back of her jeans and asking, you know, saying really noxious things about what we would probably like to do to her. And I'm like, no, mate, no. You know, I mean, all ki- all kinds of stuff. I have a lot, lots and lots of guys have made references to my balls, which I don't have. So, you know, there's a lot of ball talk. Do you know what I mean?
1: Was this stuff that you expected?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it was. it's very odd joining that club, you know, It's very odd going from being like read as just super queer, you know, super sort of different and to being like read as really normative. You know, it makes me want to put on a dress sometimes.
1: (laughs) Have you had... So we're talking a lot about experiences which are, are weird or bad when you're talking to people from outside of the LGBT community. Yeah. But have you had any bad experiences within the community where people, because they're reading you,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um I think I mentioned to you when we met. Um This is
1: my super smooth interview yeah, technique. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you mean. Yeah.
2: I just I just felt I couldn't I I just had to couldn't be give up the lie. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know, the holy airwaves and that. Um Yeah, so um I I went to a queer club, uh bar whatever or club whatever or something. Um and I'd been there before before transitioning and, you know, it had been great. And I went there for a night and um, uh, there were two lesbians kissing and dancing and one of them, they were quite drunk, and one of them kind of stumbled and fell on me. And I sort of, you know, said, are you OK? And she just looked at me with absolute hatred and just said, you don't belong here. This is a place, you know, this is a place for us to be safe. This is our safe space. And, you know, in that moment, I'm not going to say, well... I'm trans and I do belong here because you know I mean you, you just, I just don't want to have to do that um but that was quite shocking and I think that was a kind of wake-up call for me where I was like which world do I be- belong in because I'm not a cisgendered man and, th- and their world doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like my world because we've had different experiences any more than than you know what I mean like a, a sort of gay club felt like my world or a queer club so, you know, it's it's a funny place. You do you do as a trans person, you are in this kind of strange liminal space a lot of the time.
1: Um, on that sort of slightly more, I don't know, theoretical, for want of a better okay. word, kind of <laughs> conceptual place that we've reached. Um, the final question is uh so what what does coming out mean to you?
2: I really I have absolutely no idea how to answer that question i'm gonna I'm sorry now
1: ask you some some scaffolding questions um so you said that when you were very young, yeah um you had this idea that like just everyone around you was very stupid and they like just had this weird kind of view of the world that didn't fit with yours. Yeah. Would you consider yourself when you were that
2: age to be out? yeah, in some ways, yes. Yes I mean I my mum told me the story that I don't remember but she told me she took me to see uh, Jack and the Beanstalk and they asked me on stage you know how they ask kids on stage to, to do you know no silly kid tricks on them or something um, and she asked me on uh, this guy asked me on stage and he put a microphone to my mouth and he said what's your name and I said my name is Kevin and then he said why are you wearing a skirt, Kevin? And I said, because I'm Scottish. Um, and this, I was like, I think I was like six or something, you know? And <laughs> my mum was just like, oh God, here we go again, you know? <laughs> so, you you
1: It's a sharp six-year-old. Yeah, well, yeah. I so think it,
2: I've, I was really, I genuinely, you know, I was, I really didn't, you know, really believed I was a boy. Um, Yeah. That was the not Scottish. No. No, I didn't. That was a lie.
1: Okay. It was a good one though.
2: No, thanks. It was yeah. Qu- yeah, it was quite quick thinking.
1: Um so you have written this you wrote the the play Testosterone. Yeah. which yeah. is about your experiences yeah. with yeah. this world of Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's it's kind of like loosely autobiographical. So it's my stories but told you know with some creative license um and set in a moment where i go into a changing room uh, for the first time as a man um at the male changing room um and and you know it's set around this very few minutes of real time where i mistakenly take someone else's towel um to to get changed with Um, and from that point of drama it kind of spirals into these fantasies and memories from the past and stuff like that so it's quite it's quite an unconventional show in terms of narrative Um, but it's very very silly and irreverent and and sort of it's a joyous and dark exploration of masculinity
1: Um, and why did you write a play about your experiences?
2: Um, I'd swore to myself that I would never write an autobiographical play um, but it just kind of came about so I was working on the play um, in collaboration with a theatre company called Rum and Clay and um, we we just wanted to make a show about masculinity like there was absolute, we, we when we started there was absolutely no you know there were no plans to use my stories but as we sort of started talking and devising and you know as i mean laying out material those stories sort of suited our topic you know what i mean they made there was something really wonderfully metaphorical about becoming a man at the age of 34 Um, that kind of resonated with the whole experience of becoming a man or a woman at any age. You know what I mean? There was something universal about it. So it was wanting to tell a story about masculinity using a transgender person as a metaphor for identity, I guess, and, and, and change and stepping into the unknown.
1: Do you think that you have a better understanding of who you are now like having written this autobiographical play having all the experiences that you've had or when you were you know that child on stage being introduced as Kevin
2: yeah you know in some ways that child on stage was less questioning less confused in a way you know what I mean it was much simpler for 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 Scottish Kevin <laughs> in a way than it is for me now you know because i don't think i you know i'm surrounded by all kinds of discourse and and questioning of what is gender and you know in the show we explore it but we never really answer it you know which i mean i wouldn't i i don't really make theatre where i answer questions or or you know what i mean they're nev- they're, they're never really sort of like you know then they're, they're never sort of categorically we believe this you know they're always more open ended than that um but yeah, I I I think in some ways that child on stage who said that they were Kevin was the sort of purest form of me. And the world, you know what I mean? Like my experiences and other people's opinions have created such a kind of cacophony of, of mess in my head that even though I'm happy and proud and comfortable with who I am massively... You know, I I'm always in flux in the way that I see gender and identity. And I wasn't then. You know, it was much simpler. But then it was probably simpler because it was much more binary, because I was a child and because the world presented itself in that way, you know? So so now I think I question what is masculinity anyway. I mean, I'm a man, what does that mean? Like what makes me a man? You know what I mean? What well, where 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 do where does it like where do I start and I begin and you know, end and you know what I mean? I'm I kind of the whole thing is 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 mystifying. It's a good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good good place to end on.
2: Yeah, great.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Um You've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of, of the music that you've heard um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe review tell your friends spread the word Um, and if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast then there's a link um on the website and in the bio of our, our twitter so there's a little form that you can fill out i hope you have a lovely day
2: so can people still see testosterone uh yeah i mean um so they can look on my website so that's www.kitredstone.com um and i normally update with with uh like shows and stuff uh we're taking it to canada so if anyone's in canada um and then we're doing a few dates in the uk but they're not confirmed yet
1: amazing um, so. and is that the the best place to find out about your projects or do you have other uh, online what, presences
2: um yeah on twitter i, f- I f- think i'm kit redstone on twitter okay i think so
1: well if you go and follow the coming out tapes on twitter then we will have tagged you in the post but nobody follows us on twitter we have like 90 followers on twitter I'll follow and you. so many more listeners so we need everyone to follow us on twitter
2: yeah follow follow them on twitter there we go <laughs>